Cool. Hello. <laughs> are we recording? We are recording. Oh, Welcome. Oh, shit. Okay. Jung Brothers Tribecast. Yeah, first episode official of the Tribecast. What is the Tribecast, Joe? Tribecast is, uh, is just an extension of the JB cast, which is our regular podcast. But um, this one is more aimed at the members of the JB tribe. So the people that train at our gym and in our online program. Um, but of course, it still extends to everyone and, and it's probably got a shitload of value for everyone out there. But it's just a little chance for us to, to talk more directly with our members. And candidly and... Uh yeah, the idea is that they stay about 30 minutes, easy to listen to, provide a bit of value for them, allow us to communicate some stuff that we otherwise can't catch in a short conversation in the gym. Exactly. Correct us. So, uh, Paul here, Joe, we heard from. Tiora, third Hello. jungle brother present. Hello. Can you introduce our guest can here today? Can you hear me? I can't I, hear myself. Anymore. I can hear you. That's oh, right. Don't mention these are only 30 minutes. So, we, uh, <laughs> we have a special guest on today. Her name is Yasmin Carter. She's just started coaching with us. She's our specialist lift coach. Say hi, Yazzie. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that voice sounds young. She's, how old are you, Yazzie? I'm 19. She's 19. Cool. So we're going to introduce Yazzie. You're going to have a chat to her about uh, how she got to Jungle Brothers and her little journey along, along the way. And um, uh, first, uh, the first time I met you, Yazzie, you were... 12? I would have been 13, close. Where maybe? did you... Where was, was that? Mum's garage. This is garage gym. Yeah, garage gym. 12 or 13, yeah. Tell us a little bit more about, about that gym. So that gym was something that a coach of mine at the time had developed, which lived in... Um, coach of mine too at the time. Uh, both our yeah. coaches, yeah. Which lived in... Um, Shout out to Luke Barra. <laughs> the three-door... Garage of my mum's office on Riley and Campbell <laughs> Street. Uh, yeah. I remember that gym. Yeah, so there was usually like a Range Rover parked in one of them, and then us trying to lift barbells against the Range Rover, trying not to knock the rearview mirror. Keep off. your bar path straight. Yeah, exactly. Um, I have a confession to make. <laughs> <laughs> I think go. I put a skip mark in, like <laughs> when we were doing double unders. Uh, with the speed rope yeah. in the side of your mum's car. Boom. And Luke said, don't hit the car with the skipping rope. And the first two skips I, I hit. hit the car I with hit the, the car rope. And he looked at me, I looked at him. <laughs> and I, I didn't say anything and he didn't say anything, so I kept skipping. He just did. Yeah. <laughs> Miss Carter's coming for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we were there for just over a year, I would say. Um before I'm assuming the councilman walked past and said, why the fuck is there a gym in this three-door office garage that doesn't have a permit to be running? Because um, it was an operating business. It was an operating yeah. business. Mad. It was like, there was a, lot, there was a bunch, of, there were a bunch of members in there. There was like at least 50 people. Yeah. Fuck, are you serious? Yeah. Two, it was a two-space Jesus garage. I'm middle of Darlinghurst. I remember people being, mad. yeah, people were like, it was the talk. People would be like, man, have you seen that little garage gym? Like, like yeah. Betsy, he was like, Man, that's what we should do. Like, <laughs> it's like a dream for so many people. Yeah. <laughs> it was fucking awesome. Best spot ever. Yeah. So that's where you two met? I met, yeah. So you had, how long have you been lifting before, before that? Was that your first gym or? That would have been the gym. So that would have been my second gym um, after starting at Boxing Works in Surrey Hills. So then after Luke left Boxing Works, that's when you would have met me. So it probably would have been... 
maybe six months out of Boxing Works and then starting there. So this, this was a CrossFit gym. Did mum introduce you to CrossFit or was that, how did, how did that all go about? So I started in martial arts before I did do any kind of strength and conditioning or CrossFit or weightlifting. Um, that's why I went to Boxing Works. So Which martial art? Uh, taekwondo. Awesome. I did. Um, and I had... What belt did you get to? I got to black. Holy shit. Oh, oh awesome. Yeah, so I had an agreement with my mum. Your fight factory coach. Shout out Nat Nataris. <laughs> <laughs> we made a deal because I used to get sick of things very quickly. Like I used to go from one sport to another and so on and so forth. She was like, right, well, if you get your black belt in this, then you can do whatever you want. So I think I was about 12 when I got that and then started kickboxing at Boxing Works and was sparring for a little bit and then... That was with my mum's trainer, which was Luke, which is our family friend. Um, and then he started programming strength and conditioning and weightlifting for me. So wasn't like really, I want to do this. It was more so you're going to do this. And then I did that for about two years and hated it. <laughs> and then slowly started to enjoy it after that. Wow. Yeah. What was that grind like for those two years? I think um, because I lacked a lot of discipline when I was that age because I was an only child as well. So I was used to kind of being really defiant quite deliberately and if I was kind of told to do something, I could just say, well, I'm not going to do that. So this was the first time when I had a coach that someone that wasn't a family member telling me what to do. So it kind of taught me a little bit more discipline, like you need to stick to this you know, I'm not a relative. You can't just go, no, I'm not going to do that. And then because I was so young, that's what I went along with. You, you grew up in the mountains, right? <laughs> yes, yeah, so I did. that mountains but toughness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, mountains toughness. I think <laughs> it was mountains more so boredom. Like a lot of kids, yeah, yeah. once they get to kind of high school age, mm. start to derail themselves. So it was probably a really good time that I actually found sport and that I started continuing with martial arts and with weightlifting because otherwise who knows I probably would have had a baby by now. What's <laughs> so wrong with having babies? Yeah, well, man. Probably, having one probably not. <laughs> <laughs> Dick. <laughs> uh, Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. But, yeah, but no, I feel you. We were actually at the Blue Mountains most recently was for your Bucks weekend, Paul. And it's like you feel the vibe. It's like mm. small town kind of vibe. Yeah. You can see the people that have just kind of transitioned to yeah, exactly. from teenage to adult life there. And it's a, I guess it's a different outlook. Yeah, 100%. Less you, to do. You're, you're born there and then if you stay there, then you have a family and you die there. It's very much like it's very compact. So it's kind of good to, to get out and, and see other kind of opportunities, other parts of the world, go into new sports and to new business ventures and all that kind of jazz. Yeah, maybe if you, you've travelled with weightlifting, yeah? Yeah, so uh, I got a fair few training opportunities with weightlifting outside of competitive weightlifting. So when you compete, you go all over the world or you have the opportunities to, um, which is very cool. Um, so whether it's kind of interstate, out of the country, a lot of stuff in Asia that they do. Um, I got to train over in New Caledonia, which was very cool. Cool. Um, so what are they, like exhibitions or something like that or, or your coaching workshops there or something? Uh, it's true. So being an athlete yourself, so being coached under different coaches in other parts of the world. So in New Cal, which was very cool, which I got the opportunity off the back of 
doing coaching work for AWF, so coaching on their courses. This was after kind of a solid year of competing for me. They asked me to go over to train at the Oceania's Institute under a guy named Paul Coffer, who takes care of all the Oceania's athletes, um, which was very cool because there's a group of kind of kids over there, late teens all the way into kind of late 20s that just live and breathe weightlifting. Like they live at the Institute, they wake up, they train, they eat, they sleep, they train and it's just... Hmm breeds just incredible performers. Like, it's nuts to be around. It's a really, really cool environment. And you'll see, like, these whenever these kids come to, like, local comps or, like, national comps in Australia, they just clean the fuck up. Like, they just take all the medals and they go because that's just what they do. They're on another level. Yeah, another level. So it's very cool to be given the opportunities to go to another country but also train around people that are at an insanely high level. How do you find that, like, you know, looking at it, because obviously to train at that level and, and, mm. and live it and breathe it, there's the mm. whole sacrifice of mm. the other things in life, right? Yeah. Which is the path that any high-level athlete takes. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you feel or about father. It being it? Or father? Or father of two. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, go on. The sacrifice. Dan, Dan's mum. <laughs> Dan's mum. Dan's mum. <laughs> yeah, that's it. But yeah, how do, you, how do you feel about it like as, you know, as a young adult, having kind of lived in both of those lives, mm. do, you, do you look, like when you're training with them, do you think, oh, fuck, this would be cool, I'd love to be a part of this? Mm. Or is it like, yeah, this is cool to visit and I respect what they're doing, but yeah. it's not for me. Like, does that make sense? Yeah, you, you drift in and out. I find that as, as a child athlete, especially if you're competing at a high level, um, and which I was, I competed at a high level, but also in a very, very short time frame, um, you, you get to kind of my age now, 19, 20, and, you know, all your friends are out partying and you don't really get to spend time with your family and, and you know, you're doing your HSC and, and whatever. So you just kind of... Sometimes you want to and sometimes you don't. Yeah. Like, you get to my age and you get sick of it or you take a hold of it by the horns and then you run with it. It's usually one or the other. I sort of go in and out. Like, I'll do it really hard for a little bit I'll compete and then I'll drop off and not do anything for a year. So I come very much in and out of the circuit, which is not massively common. Um, But I think because I got to an international level so quickly when a lot of the other athletes took quite a number of years to get there, um, I felt like I kind of did it and I was like, well, I've done that. Like, it, it wasn't as much of a process. I feel like if it was a longer process... I would have been able to stay with it for a little bit longer, I think. Yeah, okay. Because you would have had to like invest more into it yeah. in a way. Yeah, yeah Bigger exactly. buy-in. Exactly. And I think always been being quite athletic growing up, it's not – it's like if I stick at something and I train hard at it, I find that will, it will come quite naturally to me um, opposed to having to train like for years and years and years to be able to do something like that in weightlifting. How old were you – uh, when you first uh, competed, what was it? Um, I actually competed quite quite late. Um, I was probably it was probably about three years into my training, so 12, maybe about fifteen. I did my first state, my first nationals, and that's what kind of kicked off the overseas trips. But you'll find that with a lot of junior athletes, especially, your coaches will push you into competition really, really quickly because it's quite a daunting thing. It takes a lot of commitment and they want to sort of desensitise you to that from 
an early age, I guess. So, you know, cause especially because it's quite scary, the thought of bombing and being in front of all these people and all this kind of stuff. So um, you'll find that kids start competing really, really early. And then I wasn't allowed to do that. <coughs> I had to train for quite a while before I could actually get into competing. How did you feel on your first comp? Um, did it scare the shit out of me? Was it scary or fucking tough? I Oof. think it was scary. I don't think I did... I don't remember what I did. I think I must have done quite well, um, but I didn't know. I didn't know what I was in for. I didn't know what. Why I didn't know what to expect. I didn't. I think it was more so because I didn't know any of the other kits. Um, junior weightlifting and even senior weightlifting is quite a quite a tightly knit group. Like everyone knows each other because it's a small sport, um, especially in Australia. And I didn't know anybody, so it was like changing schools and then having to meet all these new people that were your age and. And trying to, it was always very clicky and all that kind of stuff. So I just kind of went in and did it and then went home. So I don't really remember. It was a while ago. I probably would have been nervous because mm. I'm generally always nervous, bit of a perfectionist. But other than that, yeah. Um, is weight cutting a thing in weightlifting? Yes, very much so. Um, I, I think the most I've had to cut was about seven kilos in about two weeks. Whoa, it's a lot. It's a lot. And with, um, with weigh-ins for weightlifting, it's not a day before or two days before like it is in fighting. It's two hours before. Hmm. So your weigh-in room opens two hours before you compete. You have an hour to weigh in and then you have an hour to eat and do whatever you want and then lift. But um, I think the, the way that even though cutting that much weight for someone that young is not a massively healthy thing to do, I could only do it maybe three times a year, um, there's not – like there's – people that were my age that were doing it a lot worse than I did. Like I would do it with, you know, diet and put some trackies on and go run around the oval and all that kind of stuff. A lot of the girls and the boys would eat crap, more or less starve themselves for about two or three days and then weigh in and then eat more crap. So like kids would bring buckets of like cookies and pastries and donuts and all oh, this kind of shit. stuff. Like, yeah. And I remember weighing in after com games and I had like salmon and salad and I could only eat half of it because your stomach shrinks and there were these kids just like scoffing down lollies and all this kind of stuff it was nuts it's Fuck. nuts it's funny isn't it yeah it's nuts that in in a sport that is so demanding <clears throat> especially in your training there is such a a lack of a concept of nutrition as a base yeah in general in that community in general say. yeah <laughs> Unfortunately, especially with young kids. Do you think CrossFit um, had? It's, it's, I, I know that. Uh, well, I'm guessing it's had an effect on on Olympic lifting because mm. it, it's such a big. I mean, it's it's a huge sport, mm. and I know that there's a lot of a lot of female um, CrossFitters have joined the international circuit with mm -hmm. Olympic lifting and yeah. stuff like that. Won won a medal at the Com Games Tia last did. week. Yeah. Yeah. Sick. Yeah. That's yeah. Pretty cool. Do you think they've brought like uh, a bit more awareness to to the nutrition side of things? Because I know for most CrossFitters that I know, are pretty mm. like it's a nutrition's a big thing for them. I think um, there is a lot of there has been quite a big influx of CrossFitters coming into weightlifting and going to wait like at the AWF <coughs> courses there's a course of like 30 35 people and they're all pretty much crossfitters so they are there but I don't necessarily think that 
unless yeah i think a lot of those people are studying weightlifting and training weightlifting to complement their crossfit Mm. so i find that the nutrition the understanding of nutrition that they already have would be relevant to them but it wouldn't carry over to the people that started in awf unfortunately um i haven't seen a massive change awf is quite old school I would think they have old school methodologies and as much as they try to be progressive because all the coaches are, are around the same age for a lot of the junior athletes kind of around Australia, there's not a lot of progression. Mostly older guys, right? Mm. I did my qualification there years ago. Yeah, with which, Doc? Uh, yeah, Doc, he was part of it. Yeah. But I remember he had to race out partway through and do mm. an emergency surgery. Yeah, he's a facial reconstructive surgeon. Yeah, right. Yeah, well, so he's an old coach of mine. That's why we call him Doc. Who's there's the other guys at Leo maybe? Leo Isaac. I yeah, think his name is. yeah, I think it was him. It was it was great. I really enjoyed it. But like I kind of learned fuck all. Yeah. You know, like it was pretty old school, and I felt and I remember at the beginning of the um, the beginning of the course, which was mm. like two days, he made a. He kind of called out CrossFit and was like, oh, and we just want to publicly acknowledge CrossFit for mm. – it's been a very beneficial um, force for uh, recruiting young weightlifters. It was well, like he was yeah. – because it was like he was acknowledging like this sport was kind of dying and CrossFit has kind of breathed some life back into it in a way. Yeah, well, I think so. I think, um, as I said, majority of people that do the, those courses are CrossFitters. So, But there is, there is a massive – there's a massive divide. Like weightlifting is thankful for the business that CrossFitters bring through, but majority of kind of purist weightlifters don't like. They think that CrossFit bastardizes the sport. Yeah. Like that's a that's a massive massive. Like when I first started. What do you think about that? Um, Say it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, oh. I don't really care. Like, I've kind of grown up doing both. I teach both. I'm constantly around both. Like, my job is more or less making... Well, it has been making CrossFitters better at weightlifting. Making CrossFitters lift like weightlifters. Or making making people in any gym lift better. Um, as long as people are doing some form of physical activity to make themselves better, I don't really give a fuck. It's like, whatever, whatever. But... I know that it has, like, there was even talk about how, like, Tia potentially shouldn't have been chosen to go on certain international teams that she did because there were other more purist weightlifters that have been in the industry for years and years and years that should have had the spot. But because she's a CrossFitter, she could bring more business in and... And all that kind of stuff. Oh, it's, wow, because yeah. she has a bigger following because yeah. she won the games and stuff. It's, yeah, it's very controversial. Um, and there is a lot of politics about that. And, like, I was told when I first got into the competition circuit, like when I was training at IAS, or AIS, sorry, I used to have coaches try and convince me to stop doing CrossFit because there's this idea that you can't do both. But in actual fact, you can do both, but you probably won't be number one in the world at both yeah which i agree with but i don't think you should be telling kids that you can't do this or you can't do that if that's what they want to do totally that's that classic old sports dogma right of any like old school coach where it's like no you got to do this yeah you know don't do that exactly and it's like i i got to the level that i was at as quick as i did 
not because I was only doing weightlifting. So obviously something that I was doing was working. But then again, like if you speak to purists, they would say, no, it was the weightlifting training that you did twice a week, yep. not the CrossFit that you did every other day. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Do you see any any uh, men coming through the like the circuit, the Olympic lifting circuit from mm. CrossFit? Because there seems to be a lot of a lot of women. Mm. Uh, is there are there any uh, like any are there any men that are that are competing on on, on an international level? I, uh, I, not that I know of. No one that's made a massive enough wave for me to kind of have heard about, but probably. Right. Probably. Um, I think that CrossFit has definitely brought more women to weightlifting because it has demystified the whole lifting weights will make you bulky thing for women, I think. <clears throat> what would be your message to women concerning weightlifting? Um, women of our tribe. If who, you, who are tentative to come to a lift class, say. Or if you, if you enjoy it, then fuck it. Why not? If, if that's what you want to do, then that's, that's what you want to do. And I think, um, I think, you know, it's... Weightlifting is, is very, very cool in the sense that it's so highly technical and it's awesome to coach people through so they get it because it takes people years to be able to, to lift weights well. So if you can come to a class and kind of improve that, that aspect of your training, then it will carry through really well into everything else. I think it's an important part of everyone's training. I think you don't necessarily need to do it solely, but if it's something that you want to try, then go in and try because it's got a massive carryover to heaps of other things. Yeah, that's cool. I thought it would be um, just to make an important distinction um, – the CrossFit and weightlifting thing mm. because we had a woman car, we had a, a Canadian girl drop in at the gym the other day mm. and it was a lift class and then her friend came to pick her up and I said hello to her friend at the door and she said, oh, is this CrossFit? And I was like, no, it's not, but we're doing weightlifting. And she was like, she looked at me funny like, isn't it the same shit? Mm. And, it was, and, I, and, I'm, and I guess when you boil it down, it, uh, there weren't many before CrossFit, mm. there wasn't these small garage gyms teaching weightlifting, right? Like, Really, the only place where you could do weightlifting was a weightlifting gym. Yeah. Which there was like, you know, sports academies and stuff around the world. Um, so, yeah, just to talk a little bit on cross, like that is a big part of CrossFit, but it's now being adopted by other places, right? Mm -hmm. Like we've adopted it and I've seen a lot of other gyms pop up, you know, big into the weightlifting piece. Yeah, no, no, I agree. I think it's becoming um, less foreign to people. As you said, people like used to only think of weightlifting as something that was done in like weight like weightlifting gyms run by a bunch of Greek families. Like <laughs> that was the stereotype. That's the only place you <laughs> went and did weightlifting by you know someone's Greek grandfather that would sit on a chair and point at you with a stick. Like that. That's what it was. Um, I want to be a coach like that. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, I just like You'll get tracksuit. I know, tracksuit, <laughs> and you'd have like a swivel chair <laughs> and one of those PVC sticks and then you'd just poke people with it and I still do it now but I'm not sitting down. I try not to sit down. <laughs> but um, yeah, I know. But um, yeah, no, I think it has become a lot more globalised because of <clears> things <throat> like CrossFit. It's not as, it's not as scary anymore 
Um, and I don't people don't see it as like this kind of foreign kind of thing that is only done by Russian, Greek and Chinese countries. Yeah. Yeah. Could you um could we switch gears a little bit? Could you tell us about your going to your coaching background mm-hmm. when that kind of started and, and what that journey's been like for you? So I started coaching or started doing my first little pieces of classes at CrossFit Bondi. So this was me kind of following uh, my old coach Luke around. So we both started training together. He started training me. Um, It was about two years into that. And then I started kind of almost like interning under him. So I would sit in on the classes. If he was doing any coaches development courses which with the current staff, then I would sit in on that. So I think I would have been about 14, 14, 15, kind of running around the gym. And <laughs> I remember, I remember yeah. doing the wad with you back then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out Glenn from CrossFit Bondi. He's still there. I know. Yeah, he's still got he's an good epic mate. beard as well, <laughs> which is cool. What's his nickname? Big G. Big G. <laughs> hey, Big G. Um, yeah, so that, that was back in the day. Um, and then moving from there, I started just literally following Luke around. Like he was at the athletic club, um, which was in Bonner Junction and I was taking some classes there. Um, I was in, I was, uh, I did my intern with Luke yeah, there. Yeah. And you were demoing for us there. Probably. Doing yeah. a bit of teaching as well. That sounds about right. Yeah. And then, um. I think once I turned 16, I went and did my CrossFit level one, Um, but you can't take the test until you're 17. So I went to the course and then I went back when I was 17 and I did the test. Um, And then from kind of 16, I was coaching classes by myself Um, and then drifted out of coaching predominantly CrossFit, then predominantly weightlifting and then going on the AWF courses and then assisting them in in coaching kind of modules of the courses and their athletes there, which was a really cool opportunity. Um, And then from there, Luke opened his gym in Botany. Um, So I was at CrossFit Whiteout for over a year, maybe two years. And then after that, I stepped out by myself and I worked at my first gym by myself, not under Luke, um, which was CrossFit Play, which is now in Waterloo. Um, And then once I went to play, I went on as a weightlifting specialist, but I taught general fitness. I taught CrossFit and their HIIT classes and stuff like that, but um, did their weightlifting programming, worked with their... um, CrossFit athletes that wanted to get better at weightlifting on a personal training basis Um, and then any other beginners that would come into the gym, any onboarders on the weightlifting section of their onboard program and that's kind of what I do now. I come in as a weightlifting specialist that can also teach other stuff. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, see, let's talk some numbers. Mm. I remember when you were, I think you would have been about 16, 15. Uh And I think you got, I think it might have been around that time you got a 1RM for your back squat. I think it was about 80, 80 kilos or something. Maybe, yeah. I remember the heaviest thing I used to lift when I was 16 was probably a bong at that time. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember saying, yes. Double Jamie. Do the kids at school know how strong you are? Because I think you did ask me that. I know that. that's probably close to the I remember thinking that, yeah. Joe's 1RM is about that now. <laughs> I used to always get asked about, like, do you, like, do you, does it scare the boys away? 
Does it scare yeah. the boys away that you can that you can lift more that than you're them? You're like five, ten times stronger than them. I know, and I was like, well. I'm kind of at training too much to really have... And I went to an all-girls school, so I don't have a lot of contact with boys. Yeah. But I was kind of in my own world back then. I had no idea. I think, obviously, I've put on a lot of size since then, so it probably looks more like I do some form of exercise. You um, don't look like... Like, if... You don't look like a lifter. You don't look like yeah. a you know, female Russian weightlifter. Yeah, I know. Well, I used to get that a lot as well. I've always been quite a light body weight. It's like 58, 63 has always been my class. But I find that if I do a lot of volume, especially a lot of volume CrossFit, I start to get pretty beef. But um, So what, what kind of weights beef. are we talking about? What, what's your heaviest snatch? What's your heaviest clean and jerk? I think... What's your PRs? Well, back in the day, back in my prime. Back in the day. <laughs> back in <laughs> the <laughs> day. Six months ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, snatch would have been maybe... 70, 75, and then clean and jerk would have been probably 90, 92 and a half. Wow. That is awesome. Yeah. Fuck yeah. yeah. At like, would you say 58 to 63 kilo body weight? That would have been at 63. Yeah, How right. old were you when, you when you hit those numbers? Uh, maybe 18, 17, 18. That's awesome. Yeah. Phenomenal. What was your max deadlift? Oh, my deadlift is fucking rubbish. Is it? Yeah, that's like the, the misconception is that like weightlifters don't, like we don't deadlift, we do pulls. Pulls like, and squats. Yeah, exactly. You do pulls and squats. So you do your pulls at like 120%, but you do them off blocks. So uh, I don't know, 120 maybe? Still pretty beast. Yeah. Back squat? Um, probably about the same as my deadlift, actually. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Oh, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Wait, you back squat 120? I can. That's Joe's one Fuck. RM2. I squatted that the other day and I was psyched. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, man, I'm feeling like a monster today. <laughs> Guzzle some more milk. I'm going to go do some more handstands. Yeah, yeah see, what, what's your greatest triumph, like in your, in your, your lifting career? Or... Probably the Junior Commonwealth Games. That was really fun. That was a really good adventure. Even though I felt like a total newbie, total rookie, it was still a really, really fun adventure for me. And you know, I, was, I wasn't massively happy with how I performed either. Um, but to be able to get to that level in such a short time period of being on the competition circuit and then getting opportunities off the back of that, like going to New Cal and going to AIS and all that kind of stuff was probably about there. What did you, what did you place? I got a bronze medal. That's phenomenal. That's yeah. awesome. That's fucking cool. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I enjoyed that. You ever feel like returning to, to that level of, of training and commitment? Um, I've been thinking about it. Um, I was, so this would have been last year that I went back to weightlifting, the start of last year, after about a year off, I kind of dropped off the circuit again when I was doing my HSC, um, and then went back and said, I want to go to nationals, and I went to nationals, and then I got put on a team, um, which I said yes to at the time, but I then pulled out of, which then was a very dramatic controversial fucking shitstorm that I had to deal with, which then left a really bad taste in my mouth. So I just stopped weightlifting again. So now I'm back two days a week 
Um, and I don't know if I'll compete again. I think for me to be able to get better athletically with anything that I do, I need to be enjoying what I'm doing. Because the problem is I get to the stage where I have to start forcing myself to go to training and then I'll get the shits and then I'll just go like, I'll, I'll go half the time that I need to be going. So as long as I'm in a pattern of enjoying myself, then could potentially get back to a national or international level, especially while I'm still a junior. Once you get into senior, it's a whole different ball game. Like, shit gets so much harder. But um, it's a maybe. If I'm enjoying it, it's a maybe. Yeah, okay. That's the, cool. The wisdom of this 19-year-old. She'll probably make it back to nationals, but in a different sport yeah. altogether. Yeah. <laughs> Best is yet to come. <laughs> what, are you, um, what are you psyched on in your training right now? I think I'm maybe I'm lucky to train like once every two days now I try to just make like if I'm doing something fun and that's physical every day then that's pressure off my shoulders um, as I am a bit of a perfectionist if I want to do something then I'll put a lot of pressure on myself to complete it and do it really well um, at the moment I've been really psyched to just be back on a weightlifting platform twice a week with people that I enjoy being around. So cool. I'll go That's out cool. to um, a thesis performance out in Campbelltown two days a week, which is a really long way away, which is why I'm only there two days a week. But that's been really fun for me. Um, f- like, it, weightlifting isn't fun when everything feels really shit, especially if you've been doing it for a while. You can feel every single millimetre that's out and it becomes really like not an enjoyable thing to train because you're constantly frustrated with yourself. So at the moment I've been psyched for it to feel better, to feel like everything's back in line, to feel like my technique's kind of rounding off again, feel like I'm lifting a little bit more crisp or a little bit heavier, a little bit neater. That's been really good for me lately. Cool. What's the, um, what's the outlook for you here at JB's? What are you, um, you've just stepped in into the mix. What, yeah. are you, what class are you... Uh, Started a week ago. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much about yeah. a week ago. What classes are you taking on? Uh, taking on the lift classes and then I've assisted one or two gymnastics classes and a strength and movement class. Awesome. Yeah, you were with me on Monday night. Yeah. That was heaps of fun. That was really fun. It's good. It's really what... It's like it's awesome for me watching everybody move especially coming from as unfortunate as it is CrossFit gyms where a majority of people don't move really well. Like it's my job to make people move well and unfortunately that's a process with a lot of people. It doesn't come immediately. A lot of people will just move super scaled and super badly for a long period of time before they can kind of get onto anything else. But watching how in tune your tribe is with their bodies is awesome. The fact that everyone squats barefoot and more or less perfectly, I think is fucking awesome because you don't see that anywhere else. Um, and it's not, it's not conventional, but it's what everybody needs, I think, I think, which is really cool. That's awesome. Yeah, that's a big compliment for us. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Well, dude, I'm super pumped to have you on board. I'm looking forward to um, you helping me at the age of 34 <laughs> get my snatch perhaps to a couple of percent heavier than your 16-year-old uh, yeah. PR. Maybe back that squat. Would be, that would be sweet. Yeah, well. the back squat too. Let's work on that. <laughs>
Thank you, Assi, for Thank your time. Thank you, guys. Awesome. Cool. I'm really looking forward to doing the same, spending some time in your class and <coughs> learning lots of new knowledge and also being able to share what we have with you too because I think awesome. you'll be able to take a lot from us as well. Very, very cool. I'm excited to get in and learn new stuff, learn how to cartwheel on both hands and not just one hand. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Sick. Yeah, I think the tribe's going to love what you bring here. Um, unreal. I think you're going to love it here too because yeah. a lot of stuff that I can see you in those classes, like, oh, shit. Haven't done this stuff in this sort of setting before. I know it's awesome. So it's really, really cool, and it's fun, and it's it's challenging, and it's stuff that I need to be doing, stuff that everyone needs to be doing, which I think is super, super awesome. Unreal. Welcome, Sick. welcome to the team. Thank you. Uh, let's wrap this guy up then for the day. Yep. All right. Signing off. First tribe cast went pretty well for the tribe. Awesome. Thanks, team. We'll see you in class. Let's Oops. get a snack. Let's get a snack. <laughs>